Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. You're listening to a new The Hacker Factory podcast with hacker maker, Philip Wiley. You're about to discover what the role of a professional hacker entails, the different specializations it holds, and what it takes to learn and become one. Enjoy the conversation as Philip and guests unveil the secrets of professional hacking, a mysterious, intriguing, and often misunderstood occupation. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Welcome to another episode of the Hacker Factory Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Wiley, the Hacker Maker. In each episode, I have a guest sharing their story on how they got into cybersecurity and sharing their tips and tricks on how you can start a career as well or advance your career. And today, I'm very excited to have my friend Weijia Yan on today. Uh, we met for the first time at Texas Cyber Summit. We've been connected through LinkedIn and Twitter for a while, but we finally got to meet for the first time. And, uh, I keep running to her conferences, and which is a good thing, and and really impressed with her career. And I think she's a very inspirational person to have on the podcast. Uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Phil. It's it's great to have you on. So why don't you start out by introducing yourself? Tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my name is Weja. Uh, it's like Asia with a W, Weja Yen, and. I uh, am currently a student studying cybersecurity at Carnegie Mellon University. Very cool. And one of the things cool that's really inspiring about Weijia is seeing how she's speaking at conferences now and where you're up to five conferences. Yes. So you're already speaking at five conferences and, and still trying to get in the industry. So I think this is a good motivation for people. A lot of times when you're when people are starting out, they'll see something, they say, I can't speak yet or I can't do this, think they got to be this certain level. And it's good to have people out there showing them that this is this is a good way to get attention from, uh, you know, possible uh, employers. We had someone in our local Dallas community that did a presentation on malware analysis at our local DEF CON group. And the hiring manager from a uh, large global financial institution was in the audience and then asked for their resume and they ended up getting a job out of it. So, you know, whenever you do things like speaking at conferences, being on podcasts, different people's live streams and all that, that's opportunities to, you know, to showcase your skills. Because one of the things missing sometimes is the soft skills. People don't have the speaking experience, the communication skills, and that's a good way to display those. Absolutely. A hundred percent resonate with you. Um, actually, Phil inspired me to get into speaking. Uh, me and Phil met at Texas Cyber Summit, and um, I saw Phil speaking, and I attended the conference, uh, just really just started networking with other people. And one thing I got away from the conference is that you want to build your personal brand. Um, if you wanted to get into this industry, uh, you want to put yourself out there. And that really inspired me. So after that, I started to speak at conferences. The first conference I spoke at was GrimCon, and uh, they paired me up with um, a mentor teaching me how to, basically guiding me how to get started with speaking. Um, and that's how I got into uh, speaking engagements. And ever since then, I think I started speaking and the feedbacks, the responses from the audience is always super duper 
supportive. Um, it's not nothing like people will um, say anything against you or anything. It's but rather like a really, really supportive community. Everybody will be there cheering for you and um, commenting that how awesome your presentation is. And I absolutely think it's a great opportunity to boost your confidence and also put yourself out there for personal branding as well. Yeah, that's really great that you bring up the personal branding thing along with the the speaking because you see, you've we've seen over the past several years people that have started their careers and didn't have you know actual industry experience, but based on either content creation, speaking at conferences, different things to help promote themselves have made it easier for them to get jobs because it's like a, a good, real good friend of mine is always commenting on how I get these opportunities and I'm trying to encourage them to get out and speak more. Cause you know, like I tell, tell my friend is like, if you're not out there, people don't know who know about you. They can find you on LinkedIn, but that's going to be more difficult. But the more you're out there, the easier it is going to be to find you and easier to promote yourself. I mean, when you look at television commercials and different ads on different platforms, that's why they're doing it to bring awareness to their brand. And so that's what we have to do ourselves. And I think you've been doing a great job taking advantage of that. So when you first started speaking, was it any, was it easier or less difficult than what you thought it would be? It was very interesting. It was actually easier than I anticipated it to be because, um, like I mentioned earlier, they paired me up with a mentor. So, uh, the mentor was very experienced. Um, and he guided me through, um, like ba basically going through my anxieties of speaking. Um, and he really encouraged me to just, um, overcome your inner monster saying like what's the worst that can happen where my first became engagement was virtual so the worst case scenario i won't be able to fall off the stage or uh do any stupid things uh do stupid things but rather just um rather just like just go with the flow and go with the presentation and uh, just practice a lot, a lot and be prepared for when the day comes. And um, after the presentation, there are lots of people, like I said earlier, was really supportive. Um, and that's something that I really treasure. And I think that's that I hold deeply to my heart is how much people appreciate the work that you do for the community. Um, and that that is something that I learned um, and that that is something that I can help with the community as well. Yeah, that's that's great that you found a program like that. And one of the things, too, for for people listening is there's several conferences that encourage first time speakers and they have these mentorship programs. So if you can find something like that, that's a good way to start, because one of the things when you speak for the first time, you don't understand, you don't realize what it's going to be like. I mean, when I first got into speaking at conferences, I was kind of afraid to speak in person. And, you know, so I actually went to Toastmasters to learn how to be a better speaker and it helped a lot. And one of the biggest, biggest things that helped me overcome is realizing that maybe I'm nervous, but people really can't see that. We recorded our presentations 
And I remember saying, wow, I was really nervous on that. And it was only like a five or seven minute talk. And when you first start speaking, it seems to take, it seems to be longer until you kind of get into the swing of things. But watching the video, I realized, okay, I didn't really look nervous. The people in my Toastmasters group said, yeah, you didn't look nervous. So that, that helped me a lot. Cause a lot of it's, I'm worried about how I appear, if I appear scared or whatever, and I didn't. So I think that's one of the things that, that people don't realize sometimes you don't project outwardly what you're feeling inside. Definitely. And I think one thing, um, as much as it sounds cliche, just practicing, practicing really makes perfect. And um, uh, what I tend to do before I speak was that I write my entire script down and I try to memorize it. And worst case scenario, I still have the script that I remember before. So, um, so I can still remember uh, what's going on and go with the flow. And it really is not that scary. So I would encourage the listeners to go out of your comfort zone. I encourage you to just really start speaking and contributing for the community. You'll find that this community is just super supportive super encouraging and this community loves you and so speaking of community what we want to make sure not to forget about this but the organization you're part of uh Wesis, i know has seemed to played a good role in your progression and networking because if you could would mind uh sharing a little bit about that organization and your experience with it Absolutely. I can, I'm happy to share about my experiences. So my uh, first interaction with WESIS was when I first got into cybersecurity in 2019. And um, the first, my bad, it was t 2020, 2020, it was during COVID. And that was when I first got into got into security, trying to explore what are the different opportunities, trying to see what are some networking events going on. And I just stumbled upon Women in Cybersecurity. And I signed up for the conference. And from there, I just met a lot of super encouraging women, just really inspiring women. Um, and I talked with them. Um, they're very kind and connected with, me, with each other on LinkedIn. And basically was helping me navigating helping me figuring out what should I be doing for my next steps if I wanted to keep going in security. And after that, um, I started my, my school chapter of Women in Cybersecurity at Texas A&M University. Basically, we started from this uh, organization that only involves three people, and now we slowly grew it to 30, 40, and now 70 people. And what we do is that we... We used to be a part of a subgroup for the university cybersecurity club, club. But as we started having our um, own meetings, we started having more people. And then we started to have our own individual meetings and started having our own guest speakers. But we also worked really closely with the university's, university's cybersecurity club. So I think um, just having like the safety net, um, this group of women, we all support each other. We all, um, it's like sisterhood. Um, we all love and support each other. We help each other whenever there are technical workshops, um, helping each other and navigating through just 
hard tasks. And um, I actually met two of my best friends from uh, from the group, um, and we still keep in touch really, really closely today. So I hold recess very closely to my heart. And another thing I would would assume that would be a big benefit too is you're part of a bigger global organization too. So I'm sure there's some benefits getting to know people in other chapters throughout the world. Absolutely. Um, I think WESIS has a wide, a really strong global chapter. I know that they have WESIS India. Um, I think there might be a WESIS, I think there's a WESIS Pakistan, um, just WESIS all over the globe. And you have a globe of sisterhood that, that are there supporting you. So definitely take on this opportunity. Um, it's a great, great community. That's good too. And so it's really good to have these organizations in the colleges so people get to learn the value of these different clubs. I mean, because once you get outside of like WESIS, there's other women's organizations, there's, you know, local DEF CON groups, there's OWASP groups. So getting connected to those communities are, are very helpful. I mean, I'm sure uh, you're probably seeing opportunities from networking even outside of your, your own organization. Uh, definitely. Yeah. So one thing, uh, one tool I would really, really highlight is Twitter because the InfoSec Twitter community, InfoSec community is all over Twitter. And from there, you get the uh, newest news way in advance when the news organization publish, um, if there is a security breach or if there is a new vulnerability coming up. Um, but then people on the, in the security community just on there. And from there, I get the firsthand information on when the meetups are, where the meetups are, what are some of the security groups that are having events. And just going off from there, it's a really, really good way to network. Um, and also LinkedIn is a really useful uh, social media platform just to uh, get on there and meeting people in security as well. Yeah, those are some great tips. I mean, the, the clubs are great, but to be able to get out past that too and and uh, kind of build your network on those two platforms are really good. I mean, I like Instagram, but I don't know. There are some information security stuff on there, but it doesn't seem to be as strong as Twitter. You know, I think Twitter is one of the best resources. LinkedIn's pretty good. You know, there are some interesting things on on Instagram, but I think it's still kind of growing as a resource. Uh, and then you have some people that are doing videos on TikTok and YouTube to to help get their brand out there. Have you ever explored uh, doing any kind of videos on YouTube or anything? Yes, um, I actually come off. Um, so some YouTubers uh, that I watch regarding InfoSec is John Hammond. Um, I watch his uh, CTF walkthroughs, really like his CTF walkthroughs. Um, he's Super awesome. And then I also watch uh, TCM. So the Cyber Mentor, he is just a really great person who does uh, cybersecurity education videos. Um, I like him also a lot. What, one thing I really love about YouTube videos is that you can watch um, and then do at the same time. Um, so you can stop and play the video whenever you want. So whenever like you you're, you get stuck or anything, you can always pause the video and then try to figure out this problem that you're encountering and come back to the video later. So that's one reason I really like about YouTube. 
Yeah, that's a good point because sometimes if you're reading something, you don't always get everything. I mean, they may miss a screenshot that's helpful, but that's a good point to be able to rewind and, and, and watch that again. And those are some great resources. Yeah, it's kind of interesting when I, I had actually had both the Cyber Mentor and John Hammond on the podcast last year. That's awesome. That's awesome. So yeah, it's really, and it's a really good place to even for people, I think, to start creating their own videos because I've seen people get jobs because they were either streaming on Twitch or creating YouTube videos. I mean, that's even someone else that, that's that's pretty awesome is uh, Serena She Who Networks. She was doing all her stuff on YouTube and, and TikTok and kind of got discovered from Black Hills Information Security. And she's working as a pen tester for them now. Not to say she wasn't already performing at a high uh, technical role, you know, working for like Cisco, but they saw the value in what she was doing with the content creation. That's fantastic. So for someone that's wanting to get started in cybersecurity, how would you recommend that they get started? I would say one thing, um, People always ask me, how are you so involved in security community? And one thing I tell them, and I think this is super critical, this identifies who I am, is that going to conferences. Going to conferences really, really helped me being for being who I am today. Um, so I feel like one thing that I really did well was that uh, just networking at conferences, just to Put, putting yourself out there and talking to people um, in the atten attendees group or just talking to the speakers after they speak. Always, always learning something new. Um, as much as I love social media like YouTube, um, Twitter, LinkedIn, I think in-person interactions always put connections in a different level. Um, I what I normally do is that I go go to conferences. I keep in contact with the other person, with the person, all, all the people who I met, and I connect with them on LinkedIn or I talk to them on Twitter after the conference to keep in touch, so that I can be able to see which conference they're going to next time and be able to say, "Hi, I'm going to this conference. Also, let's meet up to grab coffee or anything." Um, and that just makes the connection uh, virtually just makes it more closer, uh, in my opinion. And that is something that um, I've been doing. And I think that's, uh, that is, I, that, I would say it's my secret sauce. That, that's good advice too, because, you know, you, you make these connections and you really don't want to lose it. And, and, you know, the more you're in contact with people, like if you're looking for a job and you're constantly in connection with your network, people are going to think of you when a job comes up if, and not to say, you know, sometimes it can be difficult to maintain relationships, but if you hadn't heard from someone in a long time, you just may totally not even think about them and it may be perfect for the job. So what you're, what you're doing is great. So as far as like someone trying to pick what they want to do in cybersecurity, do you have any advice on that? This is a great question because I am currently doing that right now. I'm currently exploring what I wanted to do in security. Um, and as someone who is doing that right now, what advice uh, I would give is not to be afraid of trying everything 
and keep your options open, keep your mind open, um, being open to everything. Um, I think that all open a lot of doors and talking to people who are in the fields that you possibly want to go into because they have experiences in this field. They know what this field is like, and then they can give you like just really, really good advice. So from, from attending conferences, has that been helpful as far as trying to guide you where you want to go in cybersecurity? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think going to conferences just helped me connecting with people who are in this particular field or industry. And that helps me. And whenever I meet them, I ask, um, I ask questions such as what, if, what kind of like resources or advice would you give for someone who wanted to get into this uh, particular field, this specialization? And once I get the resources, I would go on my own and figure out okay, is this something that I'm really interested in? Is this something that I can see myself doing for the next five, 10 years? And the, if the answer is yes, I will keep on going towards that track. So definitely going to conferences and meeting people, asking for advice, asking for resources, uh, like if they have any advice for re or resources that they can give is extremely helpful. And something else that you've done that, that is is very wise that, I often recommend to people, especially going through college, is internships. So how valuable has those internships been for you? Very valuable because they helped me understand what the work is alike, uh, re realistically, um, and trying to, and we learn about the cybersecurity terms or um just co concepts uh, from school, but to um, but they're at the end of the day, they're trainings. They're a little different from the works that you do um, in just once you get into the industry. And internships are a fantastic way to learn about what the work what the work is really like to be in the industry. And that helps me understand, okay, is this something that I want to do? Is this I can see myself doing? And from there, I'll be able to make a really good decision on whether I wanted to keep, keep on going with this track or not. Yeah. One of the nice things too, is getting actual experience because, you know, one of the biggest hurdles when you're trying to break into cybersecurity is actually having that experience. Some people will go to colleges because not all the two-year schools require internships and so when you get out you don't have that experience that's usually one of the things that comes back on you so i think that's that's great that you've got the internships in so how many internships have you done i've done three internships that's that's a pretty good amount of of time so how much time do you would you say combined between those three internships do you have in would you mind clarifying the question? So like, yeah, like how many months experience that you have across all those internships? So the first internship, I interned for about five months um, in which I did, like I crafted um, cybersecurity uh, posture questionnaires for uh, companies. And then the second internship I did for three months which is onboarding uh, third-party applications and checking if they meet uh, the organization's security standards. And then the third internship, I also did for three months, 
um, in which it was in third-party risk management. So all of those combined together, I would say 11 months, it work, real, real hands-on work. That's great because that's almost a year's worth of experience. So that that will be helpful when you're looking for a full-time job. So that's awesome. And, and just the different exposures too. So I think that's kind of, that's good that you've gotten different roles that had a little bit of different experience so you can get some different ideas of how things work. And the interesting thing is once you get out in the real world doing internships, you, some of the curriculum sometimes is not as up to date as the industry. And you may totally miss out on some roles that you may not otherwise known ab about if you hadn't actually worked in the industry. Definitely. And one thing I wanted to add to that is internships helped me understand and uh, understand not only helped me understand what the real work is alike, but they also built my skills and built a really good foundation for my next next in internship. So for example, my first internship, the skills level I learned from the first internship helped me to get my second internship. And the skills with my first and second internship combined helped me in getting the third internship. Um, the reason is because I can talk about the experiences I learned from my previous internship to the interviewers, and I'm able to explain uh, what kind of work that I did and how those work will help me in this job that I'm, um, I'm applying for. So I definitely do think having industry experiences, having work experiences is extremely helpful. And, and kind of touching on a couple of those items, because, you know, you, you've been speaking at conferences. So like in your most recent internships, has that conference speaking experience helped you in those roles? Yes, they helped me um, building a wide range of networks. So I am able to actually meet a lot of people who are in my organization that also attend those conferences. So that helps me not only building my network outside of the organization, but also helps me building just a personal network or a professional network um, inside the organization as well. And, and another good thing too is, I don't know if you got the experience that during your internships is a lot of times when you're working for companies, you'll have to do presentations. So getting the experience with presentations is helpful because before I got into speaking, I was terrified if I had to talk in front of a group of people. So just that communication skills and experience you're building has got to be helpful. 100%. Very cool. So the experience you got from your, from your, your organizations, you've been part of your, your computer, your cybersecurity club meetings, has that kind of helped with your leadership skills and organization skills? Definitely. I think the, just the experiences I had, um, leadership experiences I had in cybersecurity clubs and women's cybersecurity club, they combined helped me understand what it's like to contribute to a community starting off. Um, so, uh, what I did in my clubs is that I helped lead a lot of presentations. So that forced me to teach myself learning or reviewing those concepts before I give those presentations to a room full of people so that I can be able to help them understand what this security concept is alike. And that, that experience combined helped me to wanting to contribute and serve for, the, for a bigger community, 
which is just a wide, broad InfoSec community. And that kind of led me to also speaking in a wider stage, uh, in a broader stage. And that helped me understand, yes, this is something that I wanted to do for the future. That's something that I don't want to be taken away from me. Very cool. So uh, we're getting down towards the end of the show. Uh, is there any advice you'd like to give before we close out the episode? Yes. So I would, I'm always a advocate for going to conferences for networking and speaking, but I also encourage listeners to just put yourself out there. Go, maybe this is your first conference, or maybe you go to conference many times. Uh, you, I would encourage listeners just to keep going to conferences and um, network, but also um, just putting yourself out there. Maybe you haven't spoken before. Speak at your first conference. Speak at local B-Size. Spoke at local meetup groups. And that will start off um, and open up a wide, broad world for you. And I encourage, I want to I want to present this opportunity to everyone. So definitely start speaking. And I think that will that will turn out uh, to have really, really good uh, positive experiences for you. Great advice. Wise beyond your years. So uh, thank you for taking the time to be on, on this podcast episode. It was an honor to have you on. It's been amazing to see how you've been growing as a professional and educating yourself and putting yourself out there. So keep up the good work and I look forward to seeing what you do next. Thank you so much, Dale. Thanks for having me again. Thanks everyone for joining and we'll see you on the next episode. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Hacker Factory podcast with Philip Wiley. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSBmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.